0: Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there, and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You've reached episode number 283 entitled The Web Designer's Tech Stack. It was published on Thursday the 16th of June 2022. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and in a few moments I'll be joined by my good friend David Wormsley so that we can have our fortnightly chat about WordPress. But before that, one piece of housekeeping. And that is to say that the Page Builder Summit 4.0 is finally starting next week. We have over 35 fabulous presenters giving you expert tips and tricks all about how to put your WordPress websites together. And although it's called the Page Builder Summit, there are a variety of topics we stray into different areas. So things like marketing and design and so on and so forth. You're going to find out about it by going to the website which is at pagebuildersummit.com. One more time pagebuildersummit.com. It kicks off on Monday the 20th of June and it goes till Friday the 24th of June. You can obviously dip in and out, but we'd love to have you there. We've got a Facebook group and the way you're going to find out about all of the good stuff that we've got on during the week is to go to the website and get your free ticket. Subscribe and we'll keep you updated each day as the things occur. So one last time, pagebuildersummit.com. I really hope that we'll see you there. The WP Builds Podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place. Invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more by going to go.me forward slash WP builds. That's go.me forward slash WP builds. And we do thank GoDaddy Pro for their support of the WP builds podcast. So, what have we got on the podcast today? Well, it's David Wormsley and I talking all about the kind of things that we might have in our tech stack. Now we've done conversations before where we talk about the different things that we need on the WordPress side. This is just a little bit of a side topic really because we thought wouldn't it be curious to talk about all the things that we need that are not to do with WordPress. So literally what are the things that you would have in your office? What are the essential things that you would have to run a WordPress web design business? So it gets as ridiculous as well you need a computer and then obviously it's software running on it and then we get into, what well, do you need an IDE? Do you need a phone? Do you need a fax machine? And all sorts of things. We go down a real rabbit hole and there's loads and loads of things. And honestly, I was really surprised by how many different things you kind of need to have such a business. Anyway, it's an interesting chat and I hope that you enjoy it.
1: Welcome to another In The Business Bootcamp series where we relearn everything we know about building WordPress sites and running a web design business from start to finish. We are on the second episode of season three where we're looking at the technical build and today we are discussing the web designer's tech stack. So Nathan and I are taking contrasting approaches to get our new business running and our first client site built. She's a new lawyer with no previous site. She's called Miss A. Nathan, shall we recap again?
0: Yeah, it's just occurred to me, actually, David, I'll tell you what, if it took this long to build this miss a's website <laughs> i think she'd have run away <laughs> by now we're in, like, we're in like week 10 or something like that and we haven't actually done anything <laughs> but yeah the <laughs> the um the the principle is i'm doing the old fashioned if you like the the waterfall traditional fixed pricing approach i talk to the client Scope it all out, send a proposal, get a contract signed, and then I'm off and I build it. And then I come back a little bit later and say, There you go, it's done, Um, and hopefully get in under a deadline. So that's the way I'm doing, and you are doing. I'm trying to go for a newer agile approach where we try and get a minimal viable website out
1: and do ongoing iterative changes in collaboration with the client. So essentially, we're going results-based improvements over a longer period or as long yeah. as I'm needed. Yeah. 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 So okay.
0: So what are we talking about today?
1: Yeah, well, tech stack. Now, you mentioned, because we talked about the building tools that we used, and, we, and you <laughs> pointed out that we haven't talked about other stuff, because we're assuming we're starting right from the beginning. So we need to think what kind of hardware and software we might need to start up. As a web design business so yeah I that's guess, really what we're talking about
0: I guess in a way you're mm. imagining an empty desk you've decided you want mm. to become a web developer you want to build WordPress mm. websites but you've you've literally got an empty room there's nothing in there that you that you may need and so uh, we're going to fill up the desk and then talk about the things which may um, which may actually be software as well there's there's definitely no right or wrong here and this is simply mm-hmm. going to be an a, an elucidation of what David and I actually use. I think some of it would be across the board, but there's definitely gonna be bits that perhaps you think are not required, but I do and vice versa. So we'll see where we go.
1: Yeah, even though we're taking contrasting approaches with this agile and traditional, and I think this has an impact on what you pick but we're so similar that we we'll pretend yeah. to agree. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I, we always start with some kind of problem, and for me, that is that uh, WordPress is quite commercial. It's so popular now, and so big. And you know, I follow or used to follow lots of Facebook groups, and I'm always hearing about something new all the time. And I've certainly, and I know you have, have bought stuff that we really didn't need yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, and I think you know. So we're going to start really with what we think are the essentials, and then add on. But what I was really wanted to say just about the agile approaches, because it's kind of a people first working with them, rather than um, going through a set system which has a process and an end deliverable there's more kind of a need on the agile side to kind of go with perhaps what the client might have. So you might not need so many tools yeah. when it comes to project management, but we'll yeah, that's, talk about that later. That's a really good yeah.
0: point. If they are wedded to a particular tool, Mike, yeah. I think in the case of the, uh, the lawyer, we're probably on safe ground. It'll, <laughs> it'll be us going <laughs> yes. with all the tools. But if they're, you know, like a CRM that they already use or something like that, who knows? But let's explore it then. So, we're going to block it into sections essential tools design tools project management and and communication tools billing and crm storage and then then just at the end talk about stuff which we want to use but now we've gotten rid of we've realized over the years that we didn't make any mm-hmm. use of it yeah so the essentials a okay. computer yeah <laughs> it's a good place to start i mean really if we <laughs> if you don't have a computer honestly get out of web development and web design <laughs> you you really are going to struggle <laughs> having said that we didn't go into this but i we could the 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 software which runs the computer you know the os that's a real point of contention you know there's a lot of people who use windows because yeah. they've always used windows and a lot of people that use mac that's the one that i'm using i know that you you're preferring windows these days but Also, you know, if cost is a real factor, it may be that you just want to go with um, something like a Linux distribution that pretty much comes with everything that you're ever going to need. But at the very bare bones, you need a computer. Now, here's a question. Mm. Do you need a new flashy computer? Does it need to be up to date or could, could you get into this industry with a pretty old clunky laptop that you were handed down years and years ago? I think so.
1: Well, it's not. I yep. mean, it depends on the kind of sites you're doing. But I mean, really, we're dealing with some very basic stuff in the terms of HTML, aren't we? It's not the most complex stuff. Yep. Um, building websites. I've, uh, you know, I, I'm really late to upgrade, always have been, and I go for cheap all the time. So definitely, I think, yeah, some hand-me-down computer would get you started.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. You could easily run a five, six, eight-year-old computer I mean, it may mm-hmm. not be perhaps as secure and it certainly wouldn't have the most flashy UI and the latest features, but a computer <laughs> of, of a certain age would probably work. I mean, basically you need a browser, don't you? you? That's the the thing that you need probably more than anything else is a computer with a browser and all types of computers, whether it be, I don't know, like I said, Linux, Windows, Mac, they will all run the latest version of the latest browser. I, I would be very surprised if even a really old windows computer didn't run chrome
1: yeah and yeah i mean you've put down mouse here which isn't a given but the next one you have put down which was screen is quite interesting because a bit of an argument do you need a, a certain size screen to do this job
0: do you know what i i think that if in your case i'm, I'm assuming that you've got a laptop that, that you're with today because i know that you're out yes. on the road a little bit and that that's totally fine but I when I'm at home, I have a larger screen, so it's not it's not yeah. gigantic, you know, it's not ridiculous, but it, it's wider than any laptop ever could be. And the thing, the reason that I use that is because it allows me to have two two windows open at once, and both of them are reasonably full sized. And yeah. that's totally not necessary, but given that I'm sitting in my office, which is in my house. Given that I'm sitting there and, you know, nothing's coming in and out of this office, I, I decided I would get a slightly bigger one and it, it works really well and it does save me a lot of time. Is it essential? No, probably not. Is it nice? Yes, it is. And yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be parted with it, um, it from this office. I, I wouldn't want to go back to just using the laptop. But you, when you're at home and not on the road, you have a, a another screen, yeah. do you? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I have, you know, so I have two screens. I have the desk, the, the
1: the laptop one, and then I've got a separate screen there. But I've not got it now because we're travelling. But you know, one of the interesting things, I for a long time, I was running an old laptop, which was um, what is it, thirteen sixty six? Is it um, something like, like that? Yeah, I can't With, remember. Uh, still, one of the most common viewed, although nineteen twenty, I think, is there. And I thought, well, oh, you know, I'm not getting an appreciation of. What it would be on 1920 screens, but you know, I used to just basically um, make the the browser small or bigger to kind of replicate what that is. Yeah. So, I think you can get away with really old stuff. You know, for ages, years on the sales on a very small screen.
0: I think that's a really interesting point. In that, I think screens are only going to get bigger. You know, yeah. the, the resolution is going to get better, and so maybe there is some size that you really ought to have because it's quite likely that. Lots of your clients will be viewing it at this. So if you were really, really were on a very old laptop and the screen resolution was teeny tiny, that may be an impediment. I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah. it may be that you simply can't get to any kind of resolution which approximates what most people will be looking at. And that might come back to bite you at some point. Zoom works quite well. I mean,
1: I, I don't have a 4K uh, monitor, but no. you know, a lot of the time with um, sites that I've been building, I've had to put a media i've really needed to box up anything over 1920 because with full width it looks kind of rubbish so but anyway i I, we could talk about this forever this yeah yeah well (laughs) well, we did do
0: an episode on screens way back in the day didn't we i think it was s's for screens or something like that Um, yeah we did yeah so let's not dwell on that too much next one you've got there is Storage. Now, uh, yeah. what are you meaning here? Are you meaning like offline storage, like Google Drive and Dropbox, or are you meaning a, a physical hard disk bound to the computer or connected with a cable?
1: Yeah, well, it's for my. I like to keep my stuff on something I can carry around, so it is hard drive, but I was talking about all of that, and I know you have something set up. But I think it's interesting now. I don't need storage as much as I used to do. I, and GDPR means that we probably should not be keeping. More stuff than we need to, anyway. Mm. Um, So, no,
0: could I manage without storage? I probably could. I think it's if you've got the the wallet to get some Dropbox storage, or you know, for Dropbox, read any other equivalent thing, then that seems to me a really sensible way of doing it. The reason I like that is because I'm not bound to any anything, which is so curious because basically I always sit in this chair. And I could easily have a box, like a USB drive, and it would be exactly the same thing. But I have this fantasy that I'm going to go off to India or some place like that. And, uh, oh, I'll need my online storage. Of course, you're actually doing that, and you carry a USB cable drive around with you. So it's exactly the opposite. But I, I, I just love the idea of it being held somewhere else. And should push come to shove, I can get to it from anywhere. Your solution, you save almost everything. So you've oh, yeah. got
1: stuff which you'll probably never revisit in your lifetime. So no, no. You are, you are melting those ice caps, on
0: It is building up and building up. And I've got this storage solution which allows me to have basically infinite backup. Yeah. And so I just keep backing it up and it, it's fine. But yes, you're right. I am largely responsible for global <laughs> warming. So, okay. So we definitely need some kind of storage. And then we're on to more kind of, ordinary things which i know is so obvious but we're going to say it anyway you need a chair a desk and a roof over your head actually do you know what i don't think you need any of those things really need
1: yeah well i mean i can't disagree with you because i'm traveling at the moment so i'm borrowed chair uh, a a makeshift desk actually i'm using at the moment i do have a roof over my head but it's only as long as i keep paying for it yeah and um (laughs) on a daily basis and uh even electricity, which is presently another thing that we added as is kind of slightly optional
0: because there's a power cut now and it will probably be
1: off for the next six hours. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, obviously, in an ideal world, you definitely would have a chair, a nice, comfortable yeah. orthopedic chair or whatever it's called, you know, the ones that make you sit in the, a good posture. A roof over your head. And electricity, yeah, depending on whether you've got a laptop, you may not need to be plugged in. So you could be sitting on the beach nowhere near a power source and still doing your work. But, yeah, yeah, an internet connection would go with that. And and that at some point is essential, but we can do all of our work without being connected to the internet. At some point, you will clearly have to connect to the internet and you could tether to a phone or have a landline or whatever it Mm. may be but you would need all of those things as well pretty obvious um yeah i think you can get lost in all of these i like this. i was talking to my
1: wife the other day about the the stand up desk which i've never got no nope, me neither <laughs> no nope. no i just think well isn't that a good just opportunity to get off your seat and walk
0: around and let yeah. things mull
1: over in your brain yeah yep yep, yep.
0: Uh, uh, okay, so here's some other things. I'll just rattle these off because we probably don't need to dwell okay. on them. So you need hosting. You need to put the website mm-hmm. somewhere, and that may be yours or it may be somebody else's, but you need that. I feel that you need an email account nowadays. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. think you could really be taken particularly seriously without an email account. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Going along with that, I would say that you would need a telephone line that kind of comes a bit later. We'll come back to that. But also, mm-hmm. I think these days you also need a camera, a webcam, which mm-hmm. you know could be expensive and brilliant or cheap and cheerful, and some kind of microphone. You don't necessarily have to have a plug-in microphone, but I think it's a, a good thing to have. So there's some extras. Yeah. And I think these are essential depending on who
1: how you run your business. So even like the storage. So most of my sites have been built in on the site itself. So that is the storage. It gets saved up anyway. I don't need much separately. And it's an ongoing process with the agile approach. So why do I need to store old stuff? We're moving constantly forward with it. So that reduces that. And it's the same. I need now more a webcam and a microphone because um, I'm I'm distant from my clients, but I need to communicate with them more than ever. So I need some quality there.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Here's another one then. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to be uh, reading things. So that could be consuming blogs. It could be finding things from a search engine. Uh, it could mm-hmm. not necessarily be reading. You might be watching videos on YouTube and um, maybe listening to podcasts and things like that. But I think you need to be doing that. I think that's an essential tool as well, the ability to learn things. That could be books, of course, physical books. But I think it's important if you want to stay up to date, you need some mechanism for keeping up to date. Yeah, absolutely. You do okay. need that. That's Essential's done. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wow. I'd had got some other things in there, but I don't think they're essential. Oh, no, one other thing, which I think is mm-hmm. essential, but I know you're probably going to disagree, is I, I need an accountant because my ability to add things up correctly is prodigiously bad and i would mess that up and i am so pleased that that's a business which exists and i'm happy to yeah. contribute to their funds so that they can take that burden away from me so to me that's essential although i think you 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 just manage it yourself don't you or between you and your wife yeah. you get that done yeah yeah,
1: there's no between. It's just my wife. Okay. <laughs> <on> yeah. Her.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I um, I get an accountant to do that. So anyway, there, there's the essentials. I'm sure you could probably add a whole bunch yeah. of things to that. Right, now we're on to design tools. This is where we might start to digress a little bit.
1: Yeah, so we'll, we'll probably need some graphic software, but arguably there's lots of free stuff out there, isn't there? So things like GIMP and Inkspace are free open source things that do Inkspace will do vectors, so if you need i to think it's called SVGs, inkscape
0: by the way just uh,
1: inkscape did what did i just you say you just said Inkspace, but that's fine i'm, uh, I'm stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's written here as well and gimp you know as well as a kind of photoshop alternative but uh you and i have done the same thing haven't we you, you we've bought uh, the affinity suite very cheap uh kind of alternative to Adobe products with yeah. their photo and designer.
0: In in our in our roundup at the end we'll talk about Adobe and what have you but it really it was their mm. subscription model which flipped me and I just started to look for a, a a similar app that could achieve basically the same stuff but I just paid once and op popped um affinity so I've got several of their products I think I've got 3 the publisher designer and photos. And whilst I make hardly any use of the features that they've got, I, I'm pretty sure that it could do most of what needs to be done. I, I don't know. It, it, I think it depends. I think if you're a designer and you are really into design and that's a big part of your business, my guess is mm-hmm. that Adobe still has that cornered. And you know, if you're exchanging files with other people, they're going to be using Photoshop formats and Illustrator formats. And pretty sure Sketch and things like that can convert those. Mm. But you you may need to have a different set of tools with a with a Creative Cloud subscription or something like that.
1: Yeah, it seems to change. I mean, with Sketch, Figma, and uh, we talked about this. I think on another episode, Adobe XD isn't it? There, that's right. Yeah. Where you can kind of mock up, and, and it's really really clever stuff. I mean, you can mock up the whole website, the mobile responsive view as well and kind of change, make changes and have it generate to all the different versions of those. And I've never once got into that because I think, again, this is where if you're going the agile approach like I am, it's probably less useful because the idea is that we'll be trying to get something out, just probably designing in the browser to see how it works and then design in an ongoing basis, you know, based on some data that might come back. Whereas if you were trying to... Um, you pointed out to me earlier when we were talking that it could be used for both. But if do you know what I mean? I yeah. think these tools are set up for coming to a final conclusion. That's what you need building. You know, this is the design. Do you agree? It? Right, the developer comes in and builds out exactly what you've agreed there, which is the opposite to Agile.
0: Yeah. I mean, certain tools, you know, things like Figma, my understanding yeah. i don't actually use figma is that it's really interactive you i can see on my mm. screen what you can see on your screen and if i move something you watch it move and if i change the color of something mm. it's akin to google docs isn't it you know it's all everybody's looking at the same thing at the same time so i kind of thought that maybe that could drop into your agile workflow pretty well in that you could be showing things to the client whilst they're on a call with you rather than doing something, saving it, sending it to them, waiting, getting some feedback, and and the cycle goes on.
1: Yeah, but I would still do it in the browser, I think, because Figma would be another tool to
0: bring in. Another thing which I make use of extensively now, and it may be that we are at a tipping point, I use quite a lot of online design tools. I mean, Don't get me wrong, they are nowhere near as good as the Photoshop's and the Affinity products. But for simple, quick creation of blog post images and that kind of thing, there's loads of tools. Things like Stencil and Canva, and I use one called PixTeller, which I really like. And these, these do 99% of everything that I like these days. You know, they've got the layers like Photoshop does. They don't have all the whiz-bang features, but for many things, they're sufficient. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, some of
1: the our, we've talked about AppSumo and we probably don't buy so much from there, but most of those kind of tools came from AppSumo and what a, what value they were. And, you know, they're great for their particular thing. I think, you know, if you were managing a client's social media um, efforts, you would probably need something like Canva and Stencil, wouldn't you? Because yeah. they're really designed to do that.
0: And yeah, Stencils quick, so. Stencil's particularly good because it's got a WordPress plugin which allows you to view it and create the images mm. inside the media library and yeah. then click a button and they go into the media library and there they are. So the whole creation process is happening inside of WordPress. It's fabulous. Yeah, it's really good.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, you just reminded me of something we didn't talk about, whether we needed as design tools access to
0: icon libraries and things because stencil has
1: Mm. quite a lot there yeah
0: there's hundreds unfortunately you always find that they haven't got the one that you exactly want that's my experience (laughs) and so having an icon library would be pretty cool i mean you get a lot don't you You get you get a fair amount with wordpress with dash icons and things but you know you could definitely spend loads of money and get loads of icon sets and i imagine one of those wouldn't go astray but whether or not you need more than one i don't really know
1: Mm. okay so we what had about, a good chat about this with yeah
0: well css, editors CSS editor css editor yeah so mm. I, I i don't know I, i'm really torn on this my process pretty much has always been um create a styles.css file and chuck everything mm. in there and then i know where it is and i try my hardest to comment it and put things in some kind of logical order so if there's mm. a Whole bunch of styles occurring for one page. Put them all together, and you know, give nice comments and label them. And so that that did sort of require me to have a CSS editor. But I've noticed more and more that I'm I'm never opening that up these days. There's online mm. tools like Instant IDE, which enables you to have something, but in the browser. And mm. there's ways inside of page builders to add the CSS. And you mm. you've got a you've got an interesting kind of optimization thought on that haven't mm. you why that's a good idea
1: well just yeah i mean people are frowned at me i mean and they have done before because i did this little project for beaver builder where i kind of put code in the modules themselves, really for demonstration, but some people get annoyed with me for doing that because it encourages people to not have this central place. So if you were to hand over the site to someone, all right, they wouldn't know where to go find it. I think they could because they could use any tool to find it. It's fairly easy for me to find it, but yeah, my idea is for optimization because because of what Google has taught us about what they need for performance, then it's going to be best probably not to have that central it depends I guess because obviously it gets cached and if you're moving from pages once that's central uh, CSS is downloaded as you go through the other pages then it's obviously going to speed that up but I still think there are CSS that you just use on a particular page or on a particular module and if it's later in the document if you can put it there that might be a better place to put it because then it's going to be quicker to load the head of your document yes so for largest contentful paint you know that's the thing we're looking for so, yeah, that's my thought on it. So now I'm giving up this idea of this one central location. You've just got to have a system that you're going to stick to. That's the only...
0: Yeah, and that. be aware that there might be some explaining if the client does go away and uh, wants it to be modified by somebody else. But, yeah, that with the tools that we've got, that's certainly possible. Um, but, yeah, my IDE is hardly getting open these days. I tend to be not really dabbling in that kind of thing. But I would say that if you're serious, it wouldn't. it would definitely be worthwhile exploring an ide and there's so many and everybody's got their preferred one i don't want to get into that debate but you know there's all sorts of clever things that they can do but i just don't seem mm-hmm. to be finding myself in that position anymore um mm-hmm. okay editing software now i do a podcast Video. you do this podcast i it needs to be edited but that's not really the job of a web designer but there is still maybe a purpose for it because I think these days clients want to be putting stuff on YouTube and they want to be creating marketing materials. And so having the ability to mm. edit is quite a good one, I think. Mm, I think so. I mean, I, uh,
1: but- I need Camtasia, I use that all the time because I'm always making videos to communicate to video, uh, to communicate with them what I've done so far, Yeah, uh, you know, when they can't make a meeting. So that's always been key. Um, and yeah, and for, we, we both bought this and quite like it, wave.video, uh, which is out there, which has been an AppSumo deal, uh, absolute bargain. Um I mean, it's a little bit like Canva, isn't it? In that the sense that you've got these templates and you can quickly make your own version of video. And they're slightly cheesy, I think. But sometimes, and I'm doing this for a client in the next couple of days, in fact. I mean, she needs a page where she's renting rooms on her business. But it's not really in keeping with her business. How are we going to find on the same site? How's Google going to pick up on it? And one way might be just to put this simple show the rooms on YouTube made with that and perhaps it will give a a competitive advantage so yeah so that's an seo piece
0: is it the idea being that if there's a video on a page google favor that yeah
1: Mm. yeah well i think anecdotally people say and i've i think i've noticed it myself that if you've got uh, a youtube video embedded on your page uh, google might index that quicker and being and that google seem to favor showing youtube videos don't they on a search so oh yeah uh, yeah without a doubt my client's going to have have real difficulty competing against a couple of keywords on a site which it's kind of a separate business renting rooms to what she primarily does so we're giving that a stab so i think it's you know having those video tools can be really really useful i think
0: yeah it's kind of not really an essential set of skills is it but it's nice to have and i guess maybe our client depending on how she wants to approach it. And if she wants to use social media, there may be something in this, You know, just creating simple little videos, maybe just a bit of music and some text and what have you to grab the attention. It's certainly not gonna hurt. But these online things, they're amazing nowadays. Like the one that you mentioned, wave.video, it just, I mean, it doesn't do anything like as much as Camtasia, which is a pretty straightforward Mm. editing app, but you've got things like um, Final Cut and all the Adobe Mm. things. And they're amazing, but probably a bit overkill right at the beginning.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's dabbling, but I can see now that... Particularly if you're going down my route where you're trying to, if you like smaller clients and be everything to them, unless Mm. you've got, you know, unless they've got the budget, it's quite, I think it's quite useful to have some of these tools and basic skills, particularly, well, I don't know, because I can imagine in a few years, we might be talking about using video, everybody says you must have video now on your websites and, you know, the, some of those videos are just terrible aren't they
0: yeah uh, they really you stuff. know they're not there for any length of time although they're just there to capture attention in the brief moment that somebody <laughs> yes. scrolls past you on facebook but uh, but still you know i think it's an increasingly yeah. large and important part of messaging on the internet so not necessary yes. but maybe good to have right now then we're on to project management accountancy and communication tools this is the exciting stuff david
1: yeah, <laughs> well, actually, we haven't really talked about counters because we dealt with it. So, project management, yeah, do you need tools? Now, I think this splits us, assuming we're going this traditional and agile, because although agile has very complex management tools, project management tools, I think with my my kind of setup, I don't need them so much. You know, I can get away. I've really slimmed this down. So let me just tell you, I used to use things like very early on. I paid money to use Basecamp and I've moved to a few. Uh, Santa, I'm still kind of using with one client. But now I just think, wow, what I can do is about communication with the client. A Google document is all I need and the clients can upload most of their media to WordPress. Why am I making it so complicated?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it. You've slimmed it down. It's basically Google Docs yeah. shared with a client and you just go create a document and modify it as and when is needed. I suppose it depends yeah. what you as a as a startup web developer, web designer, web builder, whatever you want to call yourself, what you want to become. And if you want to be yeah. that person that's going to go out and cold call people, we'll come to onto that a little bit later, mm-hmm. or you expect to have lots and lots of clients, and you you know, you know, expect to have complicated websites where there's loads of moving parts and all that kind of stuff. Maybe, maybe those base camp things are useful. For my part, although we're trying to come at this from different angles, for my part, I'm totally in agreement with you. I never needed any of that stuff. Any of that stuff quickly became a noose around my neck that I didn't want to use because I just wasted time trying to figure out how the tool worked and i always yeah. ended up back on the phone or sending a simple document or something so i'm i'm actually in agreement with you there that's all you need i i think <laughs> if you're starting yeah. out just sit, go with google docs see see what you can do from there
1: yeah i mean good communication is probably key i think to business relationships and i think you know if the tools get in the way of that and i think some some of these can and they did for me you know because it was my approach to try and do things i wanted them to go for base camp it was fairly easy for people to use but and Asana, but they've it meant training them to use yep. something where i didn't need to do it and i and it yep. just depends on your approach i mean if you've got <laughs> yeah Listening to colleagues of ours, they have a different view on it, particularly if they've got a traditional end thing and they want to make sure that the project's running on time with lots of different people involved. You know, I, you know, lots of people think these tools like Basecamp are rubbish because I don't know if it's still the case, but they didn't have Gantt charts, you know, (laughs) and, um, you know, for these, these are really complex things for me.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. The turn of the last century, I think they uh, had the Gantt chart for military purposes. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I um <laughs> I'm with you though. I think the the time that I wasted exploring these tools and explaining these tools definitely mm. didn't work out for me. And I was always better off just throwing something in a in a document. And it was just a breath of fresh air when Google Docs came along and suddenly I knew that what they saw was what I saw. So that rather than sending over a Word document and then realizing that you've made a mistake, so you then subsequently send another one and hope that they got the memo and read the second one, not the first one, Google Docs was brilliant (laughs) because it was like a source of truth. Whatever's in that doc, we can version control it. We can rewind, see who typed what when. It's brilliant. And everybody, I think, now could use Google Docs. So yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you yeah i think so keep it simple if you were starting i mean we're trying to put ourselves in the shoes
1: of starting up but that's definitely where i would i've, I've explored too many things unfortunately for the same i think we've discussed this before it's that uh, lack of confidence sometimes you buy the yep. tools hoping to look professional when you know actually probably didn't need to or just needed yeah. to
0: talk more yeah yeah so we're talking about communication tools under this banner and mm-hmm. communication uh, always for me starts and ends with the telephone And so I guess you need a telephone, right? Whether or not that's a landline, we'll come on to that later. But whether you've got yourself a landline or a mobile, you need a telephone. You need a number on the internet. We talked about email addresses earlier. I think having a number is important. And it was the best way for me to communicate, always was, and I suspect always will be. I'm very happy to talk to strangers I'm very happy to explain things because I believe it's quicker on a phone call than it ever is um, you know when you try to type it all out, obviously it would be good if the client could be with you on the phone call and looking at things, and that's your agile approach. but the phone i th- you've mm. got to have a phone right
1: mm it's interesting. well, I agree you do, but I think maybe for the marketing side of things, so I have a phone number, um one that's online and not real um for for just looking like where yeah, it's that fide he's really with this um you know looking like we're legitimate but in reality i really hate the phone <laughs> i think it's a little bit like emails you know how you can miscommunicate with email
0: yeah
1: um there's nothing like seeing someone's face because you can judge you can't always judge it with people new people to me i really hate having a conversation with them because if i can see their face i will know uh, their emotions where i can't do that so easily on telephone Okay. All right.
0: So, all right. Scratch Telephone then. For Telephone, Mm -hmm. would you be happy saying Zoom, Google Meet, Mm -hmm. you use Whereby? Um, Mm -hmm. And I know that you can do things like this with Slack and Messenger and WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. If I substituted Telephone for any of those apps, you would see that as okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm,
1: I'm on board. It's interesting. There's only one client who never put their face up. I've, you know, they've been a long-term client, but I've never seen them talk. I've had a couple of meetings. They won't put the video cam on. <laughs> and I always find them the hardest of all to judge. Yeah. You know? That's curious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. I've, I've had lots of calls where people don't put the camera on and yeah. obviously I'm often recording a podcast it doesn't really matter too much but yeah some people choose not to do it yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I am going to push back on that I think I think that we're still in the era where the actual telephone number gives us yeah. lends a certain QDOS and yeah. we'll talk later about whether that needs to be a landline number or just a mobile phone number but um, okay we need we need some kind of communication tool which might allow you to have video but certainly would allow you to have audio. All right.
1: Yeah. Um, actually, on our headline, we had accountancy. But we've kind of covered that, and we don't know much about accountancy software. Do you know anything? Oh,
0: my goodness, no. The, the, the less I know about accountancy, the better I feel my life is. <laughs> I, uh, I I just can't cope with accounting and numbers and all that kind of stuff so no i mean i'm sure they've got software <laughs> but i have no idea what they're using so long as they send me the stuff and i can click the button to say i confirm this is a true representation <laughs> of my tax for this year i'm happy with that um yeah 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 what about You're booking click, you, you, sorry go on uh, oh yeah no i was going to say on countancy you know, and i kind of
1: partly got dragged in with one client to they decided to use this accountancy software. They have a shop which I manage, and they've now been wanting to link up WooCommerce with this accountancy system there. And I'm completely lost. I'm going sorry, I just <laughs> I have no understanding of
0: this at all. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay, clients might want it. Yeah. yeah, right. Booking software. I I love booking software to the point where I've got more booking software than anybody <laughs> could ever need. I've got so many platforms. Um, I've ended up. I don't really know why, but I've ended up using one called Book Like a Boss. I got it on a lifetime deal years ago. And you could substitute that for Calendly or a myriad of other tools. But I think that's pretty essential, especially in a global market where you might be taking on clients who need to book you for times, at times, I should say, when you're not available to talk to them and, and actually come to a negotiation of what time you're available. So I think that kind of stuff... Is really important. But as I said to you before we started, curiously, I Mm. always apologize when I send them (laughs) a booking link. Uh I always start with something like, Look, I know this is really impersonal and I'm sorry to do it this way, but would you mind looking at my booking software? I need to get out of that habit, but there's a part of me which feels it's not as good as organizing the meeting, I don't know, on the phone or in an email or something like that. It's weird, I don't get it. Yeah, it's funny
1: because on that, I'm quite happy. But I, I approach it in the same way. It's just cut shorter in the sense that if you don't mind, would you book a time that suits you on yeah. this page? Yeah. Which has
0: got the same book like a boss. And I've, I've, I've never had a hang up with that one. so Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I definitely would imagine you would be so... You'd miss that software if you didn't have it. If you didn't have a system for, for allowing people to book you when Mm. they were available to book you that you're missing a a trick there I think it's brilliant I I use that stuff all the time
1: and for me it's not just about the ongoing communication it's the way I want to start the relationship in the first place because I you know I'm quite happy even if it does turn out to be a waste of time to have that face to face because the, the way I want my business to go means that I really do want that you know that chat before we go any further so you know they say how much for blah blah or can you do this i just say you know kind of yes book here please and we'll have a chat about it
0: do you just have one booking link which does all the things or do you have a variety of different types of booking? so you might have a 15 minute booking link or a half an hour one or an hour one or a deep dive full day booking link or something like that (laughs)
1: Well, I have got two bookings on my own site. That's got to change because I've got one through WooCommerce where they're booking an end time for my work with me, which is booking days. And then I have this book like a boss for just my direct communication with them, which is, I think, set at half an hour, I think. Mm. But... uh, they often longer than that anyway. So yeah, I've I've got loads
0: of different scenarios set up. So you know, it might Uh. be if you're booking onto this podcast, that's one link, or if you're (laughs) booking onto the show that we do on a Monday, that's a different link, because, you know, it just needs to be different. And then I have different amounts of time set up. And depending on what the client wanted me to talk about, I knew, oh, that's going to be a long one. Or no, that'll be really short. I know I can do that in five minutes. So I just send them a Ten-minute, fifteen-minute one instead.
1: Mm. Okay. Now you've got a note here about your back to project management. You always want some kind of Kanban board type thing.
0: Yeah, I, I I couldn't care less which Kanban board I'm using. So that could be Trello or Asana or GitHub or whatever. But that the way that looks is mm. so right for me. The ability yeah. to drop in cards, move them from left to right depending on how that particular task is going, totally works. I, f- I find that task lists. So you might have, I don't know, an app where you've just got a great long list. I don't know what's what's wrong with that. It just doesn't work in my head. But the ability mm. to move it through different stages, you know, pending, action, mm. I, backlog, done, whatever, mm. lost, mm. is all perfect for me. So I have i've I've settled on a particular kanban board solution and and i i love it and i would i would really recommend anybody that's wanting to carry out any kind of tasks it, if you've never tried it before go and at least give it a go because it it may be just the same fit for you as it is for me
1: i think you know the approach itself is um Something that I've always stuck with with the three things really to do, doing, and done. Yeah, lists being the only things that I stuck. To. But interestingly enough, I mean, I went you know I've opened up Trello and I tried that with a client that confused them. And then there's the same in Asana where you can do it in that view or you can have it in a list view and people move around, so you have yeah. to train them. Yeah. So me, so yeah. now it's gone to Google Documents using the same basic three things to do, doing, and done in a Google
0: document instead. Sorry, I, I may have misunderstood the intention of your question here. This is, mm. I like doing the Kanban boards for mm-hmm. things that I need to do by myself. Ah, for so you. It's, yeah, it's tasks that I want myself to do. So I probably wouldn't use a Kanban board for the client-facing stuff unless I knew that they were happy with it. And I might have to spend some time figuring out, do you, does this make sense to you? Can you you work through this? No, this was very much about what I would use to organize The things that I need to do, for example, today or this week or whatever. Yeah.
1: That's interesting because I'm effectively doing the same approach now. So each client, as I've talked to them, gets a Google document and it's got that basic Kanban idea, but they're just titles. And it could be for me because if it's me just doing it, but if it's also for them, I share it. And there's something, you know, like we do when we're sharing our things here, we put our initials next to something, don't we? So we know who it belongs to. Yeah. again keeping it the same idea the same principle but keeping it simple without having to have another piece of software to introduce to a client yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. okay yeah that's fine Mm. so let's should we move on to billing crm
1: yes yes. we've
0: put storage there but i don't think we need to do storage because we've we've already gone through that haven't we but um uh where do you start you want people to pay up front and you're using things like woocommerce for that are you yeah. You see, I just
1: can't, I can't bear chasing invoices and all this kind of complex billing stuff. So it's just so simple. You buy a book, uh, you know, a block of time on our site as basically a WooCommerce site with a bookings plugin. They book their time. It's got so many hours. They're paid up front. That's it. I don't need to chase them. And that's what oh, I've arrived nice. at. I can't see a better way of doing it, to be honest. I mean, obviously it suits this agile approach, but it just cuts out all of that you know, automatic invoice goes to them or rather a receipt of payment goes to them.
0: So there's
1: nothing else needed.
0: Yeah, I do like that. And I I think that the, well, it's not particularly recent, but certainly in the last decade, the ability to buy things and sell things online has made our job and almost everybody's job so much more simple you know just the idea that you can send them a link and mm. they type in 16 numbers and a few extra numbers and you get paid it's a miracle yes. i mean an absolute miracle because when i began that really wasn't an option and you had to get checks and you had to wait for the checks to clear, and then you had to go back to some system that you had and tick off, okay, that one's gone into the bank account, I can see with that one now, and maybe reconcile it all every month. I use a system which I can create an invoice in literally five seconds flat. I send them the link, they pay it, It gets marked as paid. And if not, I get notifications to say this one hasn't been paid and I can follow it up really easily. So, yeah, I think you'd be Hmm. mad not to have some kind of system of payment. But there are so many choices. You know, I've used a system which we've got in the UK, but I now understand that it's gone to much bigger parts of the world. I think it's available in America and Canada and uh, Australia. It's called Go Cardless. Yeah. And you just log into Go Cardless, type in an amount that you want somebody to pay and copy and paste the link. And that works beautifully. And it also allows for recurring payments. But, you know, Stripe and all of that can yeah. do it. I, I think Go Cardless was my choice because it just had less fees attached.
1: Yes, yes. I wish I'd started with that, actually. <clears throat> the whole, you know, WooCommerce I have to maintain with a bookies plugin to do it that way. And you told me about Go Cardless, so. You know, if I was starting again, I think that's the route I would go. Find a SaaS solution that worked easiest for me. You know, yeah, uh,
0: you you offer up a small a small portion. I think for GoCardless, it might be as little as like one point four percent of all your transactions. Yeah. Uh, so it's I think I believe it's less than Stripe. Anyway, the point being, you you give away some of your money, but it's supremely convenient, and um and it's brilliant, and that's the way everybody pays me money now. You know, there's no transactions that take place that aren't in some way online, basically. Mm. So who do we think needs a CRM? I forgot what it stands for.
1: Is it Customer Relations Management?
0: That's right, yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, I'll tell you what, that person was never me. I never <laughs> had more clients than I could hold in my tiny brain. So, you know, I it really wasn't that difficult. If a client phoned me up, their name would appear on the screen of my phone. I would yes. instantly know who they were, and I would instantly know if they said to me, my website is down, I would know what that domain was, and I would be able to go and check it out and fix it. But I, at some point, my number of clients would have got too big for me. So mm-hmm. if you're beginning, I personally don't think you need one. But if, no. you, if you have grown to the point where you want to manage that and you don't want to have it in your head, or you've got a team, let's say you've grown and you need a, t- a team to be interacting mm. with that, I think it's essential, right?
1: Yeah. It strikes me that it's a tool that if you are, you know quite active, you know, with sales work and you're, you know, following up leads, you really need to know the progress of each of these, you know, whether you've had a conversation with them and everybody needs to be able to see that and, you know, how likely they are to convert. But it never works for you and I that way, does it? We just either get people
0: or don't. (laughs) No. And I think hell will freeze over before the the (laughs) perfect CRM is created. (laughs) <laughs> which will satisfy everybody's needs and there'll be no arguments amongst teams of people about which CRM we should use because they've all got their nuances. Some will do one thing well, some will do one thing badly. But ultimately, yeah. I, I guess it's a real decision to get right for you and your team because the moment you've committed, you're yeah. you're in for the long haul because it's going to be heckish difficult to get that data out and stick it somewhere else. Yeah indeed okay we i think we've done that section
1: so we've only got to finish off really just with a bit of a chat about the things that we no longer use yeah so
0: this is just stuff which over the course of the last well decade and a half however long it is for both of us Mm -hmm. that we've decided actually you know what i'm not making use of that anymore um so should we just go through the list in the order that we've got down there Mm, yeah. Okay, so I started filling up this list first, so I'll just go through my stuff. Yeah. I've already said that I basically don't really find myself in an IDE anymore, but I completely understand that that's a weird thing for somebody in the web development business to say. I imagine you'd be in there quite a lot, typically. Um, I no longer use any Adobe products, so all the photoshop things. We mentioned that I've moved over to different things. So here's one. We talked about mm. having a phone earlier. I... I now really don't have a mobile, uh, sorry, a landline. I am totally happy just on the mobile, but let's just get into a chat about this one quickly. Do you think there's a stigma about not about just showing your mobile number? Do you think that's weird? So specifically <laughs> in the case of our client, it would yes. it be weird for our lawyer to not have a landline number? Because I think that prejudice is real.
1: Yes, I would agree. It seems really out of keeping for them not to have a landline. To be illegitimate mainly because they would probably have an office landline anyway she would expect it so if it wasn't there i think that would be a bit odd
0: having said that i reckon that my children's generation it's quite likely that nobody will have a landline you know Mm -hmm. those people who are currently moving out of their parents houses i expect they're only getting landlines because they have to do that in order to get some kind of internet connection but given yeah. the the more recent advances, you know, 4G, 5G, and so on, I think it's quite likely that those numbers won't exist. So I think the prejudice against having just a mobile number will disappear yeah. over time, and it won't be weird just to have that. It's kind of weird that it's a prejudice anyway, but it's it's real. I was saying yeah. to you, if if I saw on a website for a plumber a mobile yeah. number, I'm totally all right with that. That's fine, because I'm expecting my plumber to be out and about. But if I mm. phone up my accountant and I see on their website it's a mobile number, that's weird. Why have they got only a mobile number? Don't they have an office? I don't like the look of that. And it's ridiculous, but that's the way my head works at the minute.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of in context, isn't it? Because it's the same with a plumber. If you're in a certain area where you have a lot of migrant workers coming in who are not from the area and you're really looking for a local plumber of the area, that might be a quick telltale sign. A lot of people put... A landline number in their meta description for SERPs. So mm. it kind of stands out as a conversion thing, because when people see it, so it must be a real thing. People say it converts well if you can see a, a landline. And I think it does. It says, this is somebody who lives in my area. Yeah. Yeah, you know? I don't really get what the... Even though you can fake is. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, there are services which will bind you a landline. You know, you can buy a landline number for hardly any money whatsoever. <laughs> And exactly. it totally is legit. Okay, so that's weird. Right, next one. I used to have a fax machine. I no longer have a fax machine. I'm not even <laughs> going to get into that. Does anybody have a fax machine? Stand up the one person in Britain who still <laughs> uses fax. Um, here's another one. This is huge, actually. I I don't need an office. I, no. I've i dedicated a room at my house. Ridiculously lucky though that is. I, I decided a long time ago, I'd rather do that than having an office so i had an office i never went it was a total sock on money so i've stopped using an office um and uh, you know we can we can infer from the fact that you're currently traveling around in india that you don't have an office either
1: yeah you know i mean i think the only way to justify an office for our type of work is purely for marketing you know to be in the center of a town where you want to grab the work or, or look kind of big as a big agency because there's really no sense to it. I mean, look how, you know, automatic is organized yeah. with distributed workers, you know, a big company like that and many are similar because it's the same kind of work and they do much more complex.
0: No one needs to come into that office. So yeah, yeah for me. Yeah, uh, 1500 odd people are automatic. And obviously with the pandemic, hopefully mm-hmm. in the rearview mirror a bit now, the I think a lot of businesses have decided, boy, that was we've been wasting a lot of money. On physical premises, and let's let's change that, and let's give everybody a stipend to work from home. So yeah, there's that. There's a whole load of AppSumo deals. I won't even bother telling you the list, but it's mighty and long. Tons of wasted money on AppSumo. Here's a couple of things that I no longer use: Drupal hey. and Magento.
1: Yes. No surprise there. Can no. I take you back though? Ask mm. you a quick question on the AppSumo. Is is there a type of AppSumo product a product that you bought that you don't use any longer?
0: Hmm, um, that's a curious thought. I think basically, I say- if if I couldn't figure out a thought, okay, let me rewind. If I had aspirations that at some point my business would need such and such a tool that I bought. I never probably implemented that. The the tool was for something that I thought, oh, wouldn't it be exciting if my business went in that direction? <laughs> yes. Um, whereas if it was a tool that I could use tomorrow, then I probably didn't waste money. I probably did use it. And, and I've got a laundry list of ones that I'm still using, maybe periodically, maybe every day. But if I could make use of it the very same day, that was more of an indication than anything else that I, would, I wouldn't be wasting money on it
1: uh okay what about no you? just find it
0: yeah i think well the tools that i just
1: haven't used have often been along the lines of some kind of project management type thing you ah, know something that will help me organize myself so they they just never got used no um, and then i didn't do much of that but um david mccann's a friend of ours and he has a group and one of the guys in that group uh, michael he he coined the phrase edge uh, edge software Instead of shelf uh, shelfware, and um, meaning look into places like that to, in case your page builder fell down tomorrow or something, you would have another one on a lifetime. Deal yes, that yes, you might turn
0: to. And I wondered if you did that. I, I would. I'm going to coin a different phrase for that. I'm going to call it insuranceware. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's like just in case Beaver Builder stops development yeah. tomorrow i'm gonna have this other page builder sitting in the background yeah uh no it was more no. to do okay. with whether i could implement it or not anyway so okay. uh yeah i mm. dropped drupal and magento i'm not really touching php anymore that's all mm-hmm. of that goes with the ide because you know page builders and also yeah. interestingly i've stopped using a physical bank i no longer make yeah. use of a bank which has bricks and mortar premises i'm using a bank based on an app and i'm Really happy about that.
1: Yeah. And that's the way it's going. And all the banks are closing down, certainly in the US. I know. And and I am
0: singularly responsible. And I apologize to all bank employees, but, you know, pivot and all that. Right. That's my list of things I don't use. What about you? Oh, mine's fairly short. So I've mentioned one already that I've really moved off these things like
1: Basecamp and Asana to Google Docs and keeping it as simple as possible. Also, going forward, I've stopped considering. Uh, WordPress plugins for things like e-commerce membership, LMS's events and those kind of things. I used to be really into those. So some of my app Sumo Buys, uh-huh. were these things for a rainy day, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, someone will come with what membership blah, blah, blah. But now I've decided that uh, I'm throwing them all out because I want to do straightforward um, kind of agile stuff with sites where I can monitor the SEO and conversion stuff. That's a skill in itself and I haven't got the development skills. So in terms of managing a client, I'd rather they had a third-party stuff they were responsible for, particularly yeah. if it took direct, if it had a direct impact on their sales. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so that's gone for me. Mm. And um, desktop, server, and WAMP is something I used to use, and I no longer do. Everything goes on, you know, live, live. on a server. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It goes straight up into the cloud. Yeah, got it. Yep. You do it, don't you? I we do. Know. I've got the local. I believe WP Engine are now responsible for maintaining and developing that, but it's called Local, um, mm. and it's got like a green, like a diamond logo, and I I find it to be brilliant. But the only use I make of it is when I want to try out a plugin, and I don't want, and I know that I've got a use for it, but I don't want to try it on a site which is already live. So I'll just quickly spin up a local installer WordPress, find that plugin, upload it, see Mm -hmm. what it does, see what the options do. And then I just usually destroy that server almost as quickly as I created it. But local is a a brilliant tool. I know there's alternatives Mm -hmm. which people prefer, but I'm happy with that and I'm sticking with it. So yes, I use it, but not a lot.
1: Okay. Yeah, and finally, the last one really is that I've reduced down my Facebook groups now as a way of finding out news. So I'm going for more... Uh, going back to things i used to sort of read before like smashing magazine cuz the, the good side about facebook groups is that they are you know you find people like you in those groups often and it's it's kind of nice but it is a bit of an echo chamber in terms of you know knowing how to move forward because you're just kind of hearing from the same people who agree with you
0: yeah yeah well i'm i'm hoping david that you you know there's one facebook group in particular that you haven't left you know not <laughs> no. not not trying to no, <laughs> not not saying anything
1: <laughs> no but it's a it's a lovely i mean it's not that active at the wp builds facebook group but always the conversation is always interesting and the people who you know i've asked a few questions recently and they're just such fabulous answers from people yeah and considered yeah yeah so but i can i'm understand not gonna that. leave that one
0: you know in order to in order to quieten down your life and what have you the uh Mm-hmm. The Facebook group thing has has dwindled. I, I, I don't know if that's a trend. I, I, I feel from the conversations that I'm having with people that, that that might be a direction of travel for a lot of people, but I guess only time will tell. Yeah. Uh, that's it. We've done it. There's all the things now. If, yeah. you, if Basically, you've got no excuses. If you're about to launch a website building business and you've just walked into an empty office, if you just do everything that we've said... You're guaranteed to fail. I mean, succeed. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we miss, we missed one thing off on oh. this list, which could have been there, but we're going to do it as its own episode, which is performance testing. Okay. We might have some tools for that kind of stuff Yeah. Oh, next episode. Okay, so mm-hmm. that'll be
0: in a couple of weeks' time, performance mm-hmm. testing coming up next. But uh, okay, that's it. We'll knock it on the head. And um, thank yep. you. Thanks, David. I enjoyed that. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Bye. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. Always a pleasure to chat to my friend, David Wormsley. And in this case, all about the different bits and pieces, the accoutrements that you might need to have a WordPress website business. If you've got any thoughts on that, head over to wpbuilds.com, look for episode number 283, and leave us a comment there. Alternatively, you could join our Facebook group and leave some comments there, wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro, GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24/7 support. Bundle that with the Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. You can find out more at gome WPBuilds. That's go.me forward slash WP builds. And we thank GoDaddy Pro for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Like I said at the top of the show, pagebuildersummit.com, that's the place to be next week. It all kicks off on Monday the 20th of June. We hope to see you there. Hopefully you'll join the community and engage and enjoy the whole event. We'll be there until Friday the 24th of June. That's all for this week. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.